Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We are live. This is Pitch Tech Asia. These two gentlemen in the studio. We have Anik and Aman from Josudo. My name is Graham Brown. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, pleasure having you. Let's get it off out the way. Josudo, what does it mean? It's actually a made of words. So Jozu in Japanese, it oh, means skillful. Yeah, now I yeah, get it. Yeah. Jozu. Yeah. And yeah. Do is kind of like the art of, like, you yeah. know, Bushido, Bushido, the art Judo, of the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we kind of mashed it up. And uh, yeah, the <laughs> art of being yeah, skillful. Exactly. You played me. You yeah. knew all along. Right? And okay. the deciding part was we got .com for it. So huh? yeah, instantly yeah, like go for it. Yeah, yeah basically yeah. we were able to get domains for all countries. So. Right. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah. So, yes. Joe Sudo, yeah. welcome. Thank We're going to talk about the Joe Sudo journey, as well as the, the journey of you two chaps and sure. how you got to this place, mm -hmm. um, where you go from here. Esports as well, which um, obviously we have a vested interest in esports here in Asia Tech Podcast Studio. We run mm -hmm. an esports show with Andy, and you've already been on the show. Yes. If somebody sees a familiar face sitting there, I mean, then they may have seen you on the show, right? Yep. So... Um, Maybe we can talk and define esports first as well, because let's put this into context. I think, obviously, if you're passionate about esports, it's hard sometimes to remember that a lot of people outside of esports mm -hmm. world don't even know what it is. Right. So yes. let's sort of go there, define what it is, market sure. size, why it's interesting now rather sure. than 10 years ago, yeah. and also how it differs from gaming, which more people would be sort of familiar with, SCA games, Southeast Asian games coming up and so on. Yeah. Can you define esports first? Who's going to have a go at this? Yeah, go Thank for you. it. Uh, so esports, the E basically stands for electronic. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's basically uh, gaming uh, competitively, where you like actually compete with an actu uh, with a real person, and you win prizes. Right. So the earliest esports probably dates back to like uh, probably eighties or late eighties or nineties, where there was one guy who was competing for Quake or something, and he right. got a Ferrari as a prize. Yeah, and then over time, like you know, uh, since probably the early two thousands, like there has been esports happening on a very fragmented level, but mainly in the European and uh, American scenes. Mm. Yeah, it's probably like, you know, uh, like early 2010s, 2010s yeah. when yeah. it started to become more mainstream yeah. and yeah. primarily because of like, so uh, any sports are driven by viewership and yeah. sponsorship. These are the two yeah. things. Mm. Right. Somewhere around late 2010s, uh, things like Twitch and YouTube became big. Mm. And yeah. at that time, basically people were watching their favorite players play a lot of games. Yeah. Right. And then basically this entire phenomena yeah. of esports came out to be yeah. because there was a lot of money coming in. There were like top tier tournaments happening and these yeah. guys in their late teens were becoming like millionaires. Right, overnight. overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot to talk about. You, you mentioned a lot of things, for example, like the tournaments and so on, yeah. the games. Yeah. I read today, and would this count as esports? Fortnite, I think they've released the data on it is the most successful game in terms of revenues ever. Yeah. Would yeah. that count as esports? I mean, obviously the so, game is a game, but people playing it competitively? Sure. Like, you know, the Epic last year, I think uh, they uh, announced that they'll have a hundred million dollar uh, prize pool tournament throughout the year. Like since, uh, like, you know, mid Epic is the publisher? Publisher, the publisher of Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. Well, how much yeah. money are these guys making if they can um, give away a hundred million? Off, off a like free game, they made three billion dollar in profit. <laughs> last year. Profit. A free game. Yes. yes. Of and a free game. Yeah. Right. And that's basically like people. Exactly. And that's basically like people like purchasing in-game virtual items. That's how, how does that yeah. compare to say Hollywood movies? I mean, three billion in profit is phenomenal in comparison to a movie. You Definitely. Know, and, you know, Definitely. giving it away free as well. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's, you know, there's a lot of comparisons often made between video games and Hollywood and yeah. how much of a, a factor bigger video games are than Hollywood, but esports, I mean. Yeah, especially like, you know, last year, I think esports surpassed every other entertainment media by a right. huge margin in terms of revenue. Esports, not just games. Esports, yeah. esports. Okay, like game, sorry, games in general. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, um, like uh, you have like Hollywood movies being like uh, with this huge budgets. Yeah. And then like you have these like freemium games that are like, you know, making huge amount of profits. So, Phenomenal. So, I mean, yeah. obviously how they make money has a link also to what you're doing, you know, sure. and the fact that now people realize there's money in it. Yeah. Isn't just one guy winning a Ferrari. There's a whole yeah. industry emerging. 
Yep. And as I've seen with Andy's show as well, that the real narrative is that we're moving from cottage industry to a fully professionalized industry. And I don't yep. think many people appreciate this, but those people who play esports are mm -hmm. not gamers, but athletes. Yeah. Is that the the widely accepted term? So it's happening with most countries slowly. So like a couple yeah. of uh, weeks ago, China formally announced all their esports athletes is a career and it's a professionally defined career path. Yeah. And they yeah. coined the term athlete. So no longer, they are not no longer gamers. Yeah. They are esports athletes yeah. mm. uh, us has already done it and like a lot of other countries are following the suit korea has been like the market leader in these things mm -hmm. anyway yeah. so yeah so it's happening all over the world yeah uh, every country is sort of formalizing creating a structure around it yeah and, yeah and what does it mean to chaps like you are you athletes what's your background in game i mean you, you <laughs> must we, be we, we seriously oh, wish yeah, we were yeah, athletes. We're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're nowhere close in uh, like, training yeah given the number of hours we have spent yeah. on the in the game itself right. so let me ask you how yeah. what time do you stay up playing these games and competing because uh, if i think of the other guys andy yeah. and um sabir who yeah. do the show you know, three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been there. Like, I've missed so many classes during my college. <laughs> like, you know, I'd stay up like till it's all 4 a.m. the plan. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a greater yeah, plan yeah, that's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Is that yeah. what you said to your parents? They got that, did they? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, th these are conversations that happen. Is that, you know, it's interesting mm -hmm. that that sort of professionalization of the industry and also the training that goes with it, which we're going to talk about, obviously, yeah. with Joe Sudo, that you know, all those conversations that l essentially kids and when they were teens had mm -hmm. with their parents, like, you know, yeah. I want to play games, I want to yeah. play sports and so on. Yeah. Now they're changed. That's evolving, isn't it? Now Definitely. it's not like you're just wasting your time. No, this is no, a career. Not at all. Right. For some people. Yeah. Now. I'll, I'll give you one example. Like, uh, so uh, last uh, August in 2018, there was this tournament for the game Dota 2. Yeah. And the total prize pool was $25 million. And the winners made $11.2 million. And of the winners, there was this one guy who just had professional experience for just one year. Before this, he was training to be a chef because that's what his parents wanted. But yeah, like, you know, he then made the decision that, okay, I'm going to follow my dreams. And then he made probably like that's a, a brilliant yeah. story. Uh, like 2.5 million dollars on his own yeah so yeah you can actually like make money off yeah. this as, as and even like you know parents are realizing that like universities they're giving scholarships out for esports athletes to mm. be part of the university esports teams so and like uh, esports teams themselves they're like you know raising huge amount of money they're like yeah. trying to structure the whole thing following like how traditional sports sports teams are structured absolutely you yeah. have team psychologists you yeah. have effectively nutritionists uh, nutritionist, yeah. yeah every sort of thing that you can imagine right they are having those structures you would associate with the premier league and yeah so the, these yeah. are the top tier teams actually yeah. but all the others are following suit and yeah. it's getting closer and closer to the traditional sports. Like, as Anik said, like basically, uh, till now there was no support infrastructure. That's yeah. where we also came in. Absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like something like uh, universities offering these uh, sp sponsorship and scholarship and things to players. It yeah. just helps them get along. Yeah. So you just are boosting them to the next level, similar to what happens in like football or soccer, yeah. anything, if right. you look yeah. at it. Yes. And that's widely accepted. Yes. And I just think I was born 10 years, 20 years too early. They yeah. would have all paid off all those hours wasted <laughs> exactly. playing yeah. games. Yeah. So, we wish we all could be there. Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's yeah. how it is. So let's, okay, yeah. so we're going to dive into the pitch deck. And now, so we, we've set up the, uh, the scene, which is eSports is growing very fast, sure. especially here in Asia. Yep. And, you know, it's not a new phenomenon. It's been around for a long time, but it's yeah. now sort of putting these pieces into place of acceptance. Why do, you know, parents, yeah. industries, sponsors, IOC maybe, at least, you know, here in the region, Southeast Asia Games, it's all happening. Yeah. Um, with all of this, there comes a need for training as well and, yeah. and becoming Jozu, right, as we're yeah. going to go. And maybe we can start with the pitch deck and look at the numbers. Maybe, this is, we've touched on the numbers, but the market size itself... If I can just jump forward to slide, slide nine, and bear in mind, some people sure. are listening rather yeah. than watching mm -hmm. this, so please be sure. descriptive yeah. when we're talking about esports. Yeah. Describe, we're going to go into Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. specifically in esports. Yeah. How yeah. big is this market? It's huge. Uh, like in total, probably there are around one, 140 to 150 million gamers. And these are people like, you know, focusing on the esports titles. 
games yeah. that are played on a competitive level, not like Candy Crush or like you know <laughs> the that usual ones. No, that doesn't count <laughs> yet, probably. But yeah, so these are gamers who and uh, who are like playing these sort of titles and yeah. uh, what like you know something that like you know we have been through. We know the minds of these gamers is like they have the most passion and to like actually improve right. compared to someone who's like you know playing Candy Crush on his own. Yeah. So that's the you know like uh, that's our like main target market. Like we want to like you know go for these gamers who have this passion, who have this competitive uh, energy to actually like improve and like probably beat their friends or even like you know uh, go down on a like you know a level, go down on a path to become a professional gamer. Right. Okay. Yeah. Another so, thing, key yeah, thing on, to yeah. note, especially in Southeast Asia, is the how big the mobile gaming is. So yeah. basically, because of it developing things uh, overall, the Southeast Asia is a mobile first economy in most yeah. sense. So they are like somewhere around 80 million gamers on mobile who are playing mobile esports. So like now a lot of uh, publishers have realized because these many people are playing mm. on mobiles, mm. yeah. they are creating esports titles for mobiles. Yeah. Games like PUBG, Fortnite, Mobile Legends, these all are super big games on mobile being played across the world yeah. and they are like actually mobile gaming is increasing much more rapidly than pc gaming right it's, your data here yeah. is that correct in mobile yes. there's so, 84 million users yeah. compared to also oh, 84 million gamers right 84 million yeah. gamers, gamers compared to 70 million gamers on pc, PC and right. console yeah and it's growing the mobile market is growing at 30 percent as compared to 19 percent uh -huh. of pc yeah. a big part of that is markets like indonesia as well and so vietnam exactly. yeah. vietnam of yeah. course right yeah. so and the the interesting thing, if you just look at the demographics of Southeast Asia as well, mm -hmm. are, uh, it's similar Vietnam, particularly Indonesia, like fifty percent of the population is under thirty five. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I mean, that by comparison to the rest of the world, these are aging populations in Europe and America. Yeah. But yep. you've got a very young, very mobile population. Exactly. And that leads to obviously you know, adoption of these kind of services, but also mm -hmm. more openness towards esports, maybe and being an athlete and these yeah. kind of career choices as Definitely. well. So yeah. that is where training comes in, comes right? In, yeah. So why maybe we can start with the problem. You do have a sure. slide yeah. early on in the, the pitch day. I want to ask why do we need training, right? right? Because surely you can learn all this in your bedroom, surely. Yeah. I know I've been patronizing, right? But um right. put me right here. So you've got yeah. the problem statement of the casual gamer. Explain yeah. to me a little bit about who they are and what the problem is. So it's a casual gamer is someone who probably spends uh, one to two hours a day on a like probably uh, online game. And he also spends a significant number of hours on videos, watching like Twitch streams or YouTube to videos or going through blogs and forums reading through posts or probably actively looking for coaches as well mm. so coaching in uh, like you know uh, gaming is not really a new behavior it's has it has been there for a very long time but in a very very fragmented fragmented paid coaching, paid coaching. Right. yeah since the beginning of online competitive games so basically um the main problem is like you know you have all these resources like youtube twitch streams all these coaches on blogs and forums but these are not really personalized oftentimes the youtube videos won't be updated and um, some some of the times the coaches might be like actually scammers who would scam right. you of, of your money. So like, you know, the, the overall summary is there's a lack of a clear and efficient path if you want to get better at gaming. So that's where we come in, Josudo. Right. Yeah. Okay. We, Let, yeah. Let's, before we go there and talk about sure. the actual solution itself, yeah. I so I can understand the problem a little bit mm -hmm. better. Yeah. Is the problem mainly with solutions available to casual gamers i mean you, you Actually, mentioned here it's like, casual. so uh, right now we are the target is casual gamers so right. that's why we were going for casual gamers yeah. but overall the entire support mechanism for anyone who wants to actually aspire to be a pro gamer that is somewhat lacking right. like right now if i want to become let's say I, my ambition is to play in a pro team I have no idea how to reach there. Right. So there's no a clear pathway. There's a yeah. clear pathway. Yeah. As compared, if you compare it to like a traditional sport, they are like, for example, football. There's like mm. school academies and like they're like proper universities program. And if you keep on moving from there, they're like, you can actually reach, you know, I have to make this, 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 and then I have a shot at getting there. Right. Yeah. It's like a whole ecosystem and whole onboarding ecosystem. of, exactly. of like yeah. young yeah. talent from yeah. early yes. on. So yeah. what do they say? I mean, what does a casual gamer say? I mean, for example, if I wanted to, to play for Liverpool, I'd yes. go and join the Young Reds or whatever it is, the Red yeah. Devils, and then yeah. I'd yeah. go through the system. Yes. 
do casual gamers and these gamers say, for example, I want to become professional? Do I want to compete? You know, I want to be ninja or whatever. It is. Sure. Is that what people are saying? Uh, probably like at a, like, you know, uh, kids in there, like in for like, you know, 14 or 15 years of age. Yeah. So if like, you know, for, for like what, how this works right now is probably, you know, like uh, some pop stomper who's really good at uh, like, you know, normal casual games. Yeah. And then he gets, by luck, you know, like noticed by someone who's involved in like, you know, the esports scene. Right. And then they scout him out and then onboard him. Right. So it's like, you know, very inefficient. It's immediacy as well. Like I happen exactly. to be here and see yeah. that person, yeah, know exactly. that person. Yeah. It's quite random, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and that's of, how it works now. Uh, a lot of the times. To, to a lot, to a like, you know, large extent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of the times, like these uh, really top tier pro teams, they have some recruitment processes of their own where yeah. they get like basically, as Anik was saying, like these 30, 40 kids who are like performing really well in online servers and they brought them together and then they have a sort of like, let's call it like audition. Yeah. But yeah. it's still like basically it's like one time performance. There's no tracking ability where you're seeing their performance grow over time and yeah. like another factor skill is one thing there's basically another angle which is the qualitative one which is how good they are as a team right the yeah. stress testing of stress testing yeah. it's exactly. quite a high pressure yeah. environment isn't it yes yeah. Right, you put gamers, sorry, esports athletes together exactly. over a weekend. And, and yeah, especially yeah. if you look at them, they are very young kids, essentially. Right. And uh, a lot of people expect a lot of different things from these young kids. And often are, there's a lot of stress on them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Before yeah. we go into the solution, is it mentally quite stressful as a, I mean, obviously you do it for fun. Right. And, but like with all of these things, you know, if you're really into something, mm -hmm. the fun becomes less important than just the, the challenge itself. I mean, whether it's sport or esports, and is it quite stressful for them? You know, if you're competing as an athlete, because it uh, sounds right. like it, you get to play games and yeah. you win money. It but depends, like basically, what uh, level you are playing at and how good you are regularly. Yeah, obviously. So basically, if you are actually playing in the pro circuit, yes, it's like similar to playing in pro circuit of any other game. Yeah. Right. It is stressful. It is demanding. You need to keep performing at a certain level constantly. Yeah. And if you fall below that, there are chances of you being traded away and things like that. So all these things come into picture as well. Mm -hmm. mm. But for if you're anyone below that level, it is still a lot for fun. Mm. People do play for fun. Even semi-pros, they actually pay for fun and they want to, actually, they want to get in the pro circuit, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about the solution. Um, so great sure. slides in your pitch deck here as well. Um, we jump forward. So we have, I mean, there's three slides here, which I just yeah. want to start with. The Josudo um, mm -hmm. solution, um, mm -hmm. the personalized coaching, classes, yeah. video curriculum, leagues and tournaments. Yep. Okay, so... All of that there. Maybe you can give us a top level view of it and then just we'll kind of work down through them. Right. So what we want to do is to give you a like, you know, complete e-learning solution, but for gaming. Mm. Yeah, and that would like include uh, personalized coaching that would have like, you know, one to many classes that would have like, you know, video lessons like the one you see in uh, Udemy or Udacity. And then like, you know, uh, like, you know, leagues and tournament as a way to kind of like assess of assess whatever you have learned during all these lessons to actually like, you know, test them out, test them out, mm. whether like, you know, you actually stand up to the par with your like peers. So that's basically how we wanted to structure it, like, you know, give them like an end-to-end -end solution yeah okay yeah so it is learning based content mm -hmm. is, is there yeah. sort of one-on-one -on -one mentoring as well or? yes okay yeah so, so it's not just like taking a video course no. on udemy no. right you actually no. have one-to-one -one so, coaching uh, right exactly so that's where basically one-to-one -one coaching we believe is the best way you can learn mm. obviously yeah. there are like certain issues with scaling and things like that that comes in with because of it nature of being one-to-one -one. Yeah. and but we still want to keep it at the core all our other sort of offerings are tied to one-to-one -one coaching. Right. So yeah. basically, if you look at one-to-many, which is a regular classroom, mm -hmm. there is basically the same coach who's providing to a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Let's call it like somewhere around 30 to 100 kids simultaneously. It could be physical or online. Yeah. And at the same time, the video uh, courses are created by our coaches. Right. So yeah. if basically that could be an entry point as well. So yeah. if me as a viewer is looking at a course and like going through some Fortnite or Dota course and then I realize oh this guy is really good I can actually contact the guy and take a coaching lesson with him yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time if I have smaller doubts or questions about certain play or something I can ask them directly without taking a coaching lesson as well mm -hmm. so we keep that personal level always anywhere you go there is a personal appeal to each and everything so you can actually get these one of your famous 
a community players and things like that because there are every community has a famous player for each game and people yeah. know him so you can actually get trained by these guys and for them i imagine if you are an athlete who has maybe now dropped off the circuit for whatever reason like you mm. know you've done that you've had yeah. enough or you you know you just sort of dipped under the the final team level yeah this is a great way to monetize your skills because i imagine there's just a definitely. drop off now if you drop out of a team that's you you're done probably now definitely. in in the sports yeah. world yes. right yeah, unless you're it's all or nothing really yeah. isn't it for sponsorship yeah. yes sponsorship so, definitely so uh most of the time like the there's basically not just dropping off even before you get in it's the same right. score a story about people who are just below the professional level and who are just after the professional level these are yeah. players who are equally talented as the people in professional level yeah. they have just not made it big or they are just past their prime mm. and they know all the games and all the skills what is required to be there the thing is like right now what they try to do is like stay in the community esports yeah. community try yeah. to become casters event organizers be with companies who are working in the things like organizing tournaments yeah. and things like that that's their main source of revenue yeah. mm. and they do streams and things like that that's where we believe that we offer another way of these these guys to monetize their skill set they can yeah, actually yeah. teach the aspiring players yeah. share their skill set and help the next generation be better yeah yeah is the same way like you know if uh, i want to like you know probably get trained by uh del piero like if he yeah. opens up yeah I, i would love to like you know take, take a, a like tra- a training session with him so is the same case with like you know esports if there is like you know some player who has achieved quite a lot during his professional um career and now he is kind of like retired mm. still like you know the star power is there for someone to like you know uh, like for people to be <clears throat> and people to want to like you know take a uh, coaching sessions or something like that yeah. and it also like gives them then avenue to earn more money and if they enjoy it <laughs> yeah. then you know they can keep their hand in the game literally Definitely. right literally yeah well, let's talk about the the numbers in terms of for example what are people willing to spend on this kind of sure. product and sure. also what can a coach earn i know it's early days but just mm-hmm. sort of so i can understand mm-hmm. you know i think to put this into context as well is that may people might think Oh, you know, it's a free game. So how are you going to get people to pay? So we've mm-hmm. already dealt with that with Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but people do spend a lot of money in mm-hmm. game, yeah. buying, you know, like items and so on mm-hmm. and upgrading and all yeah. that kind of stuff. That That is yeah. a huge industry. So people are spending billion. I don't know what that sort of in, in sort of game purchase market, yeah, but purchase. that is massive. And I can't yes. put a number on it, but I just exactly. know because I've got a son and his son has spent <laughs> a lot of money on this kind of stuff oh. with my credit card. Right. So I'm a, you know, I personally understand that they're willing to spend a lot of money yep. on this stuff. Yes. Right. So, um, Tell us a little bit about, for example, a course. How much would that cost? How much are people willing to pay? And also coaches, how much can they make out? So for coaches, um, so the coaches are the ones setting their prices right now. Uh, we do advise them that uh, for a coach of your skill and your caliber and your experience, you should like uh, charge like in between this and that. Right. So on average, uh, a coaching session, which is an hour of class, it costs around $15. Five. Yeah, one, one five. One five. One five. Yeah. One that's five. quite that's quite a good value it's yeah. quite cheap yeah. isn't it really? exactly yeah yeah i mean uh, if they're enjoying it though it's, it's dependent on the market as well yeah. but like for places like singapore malaysia or even hong oh, okay. kong right, it's, yeah. it's, it's really like you know affordable yes. but for like you know places like philippines and yeah. indonesia you need, kind of need to tweak that yeah so at this moment we are taking a commission from the coaches side hmm. um uh, it's at uh, 12.5% right now yeah hmm. we'll be like you know tweaking that as we go along and then we have the video lessons as well which is like kind of a subscription based like uh, you pay a small subscription fee and then it's all you right. can eat yeah and then one to many classes it's all uh, almost like that uh, but like uh, not as much as a coaching session we haven't really started the one to many classes that's something like you know we are thinking about and planning on planning on and the lastly is the leagues and tournaments which is basically um like it's uh, free for the subscribers and registered users on jusudo and a small uh, participation fee for the rest rest of the people yeah. it sounds like with your model that 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 you know if you can onboard somebody with anything even if it's five dollars of content ten dollars yes. of content exactly. or a lesson or however it is yeah then once they're in they're in yeah and then you can upsell all kinds of stuff right so exactly. your challenge now is to get people over the tripwire and get people into the five and ten dollars and then just you, upsell yeah. the hundreds yes. long term you actually right? hit the nail right on the head that's yeah. basically our next 
target that's that's what we wanted to do from the start basically yeah. to build a community of gamers on josudo that's the first step basically get them hooked get them in each of these uh, one on one many one to many video courses and leagues and tournaments all of them are entry points mm. you can get in any way depending on your personal needs or your personal desires however you feel the best but once you're in you can reach to different angles depending yeah. on where you are yeah. and the next platform that we are actually actively building right now we are including like a lot of gamification so you can more activities you do the more in game credits you win and then you can spend those credits on different things basically yeah. that helps them keep cycling in mm. the same platform right. and plus these guys are playing these games anyways a lot of times so basically and since they are anyways playing the game why not earn something out of it so yeah. at the same time you can do a lot of things watch cre- free credits for videos which get free credits for wa- getting a s- coaching session and things yeah. like that yeah and can you trade those credits in the game would that uh, be in so future so not really so uh, maybe in the future right, right. i mean you had like a publisher partner as well partner as well exactly yeah okay great um i like the direction of where this is going and sure. um i i wonder i don't i mean not from the world of esports mm-hmm. um that there must be a lot of communities out there for yep. esports and I, i imagine they're based around games more than you know yep. generic so you yep. know there will be a a dota bulletin board probably yeah. you know something very rudimentary and basic yep. and it has like hundreds of thousands of posts on it yep. so um you're coming in and trying to build a community mm-hmm. how are you doing it differently do you, are you sort of do you have a hypothesis about how you see esports and the com- community building differently to other people that maybe people disagree with you about because i'm always curious about those because often that question leads to how big this can really become so right. communities actually like uh so basically uh communities are different for different things what yeah. our target is to build community for learning that's our key thing that's where basically we want to differentiate ourselves like basically mm-hmm. we want to be a community where people are coming to learn anything mm, yeah. it's not yes there's a fun element because it's gaming in general but primarily the objective of this community is to learn and right. anyone who hears about josudo community they know okay these they you can go to learn about new games there are like a lot of people going about creating communities in different ways there are people who are creating communities of people who are actively spending in game there are like different ways you can go about it our primary thing is to create a community of learning and yeah. actually out there right now there are not a lot of these communities which are there most of the time like communities on reddit and like yeah. other forums and things like yeah. that they are just discussing about the game right yeah. anything new comes up any new game comes out any new hero is released any new map is released they are just discussing about general stuff yeah. learning task is not that much and we have been there we wanted to get better at some point or the other learning looking at blogs and forums right. and like about how to do that but actually the content for that specific thing is not that easy to access right not structured no. it's not yeah. structured like you'll probably have to spend like a gazillion hours going through like uh, like hundreds of blogs and posts to actually get to the point that like you know you have been searching for yeah hours. absolutely yeah. you don't yeah. have that time you you got to play you got to exactly. compete right yeah, so yeah exactly yeah so and that's where the like you know personalized coaching comes yeah. in that like you know instead of spending hundreds of hours you get this coach and he like you know gives you the solution within a couple of minutes right yeah. exactly so you like uh, it's not just like cheats and hacks is it no you know no I mean? no it's oh. uh, most of the yeah. uh, so Easter most eggs. of the these free to play games it's very difficult to actually have like cheats and hacks right. people still do it like it's not impossible but yeah. there like a lot of people are actively yeah. looking into like making it better and like stop these cheats and hacks okay. like yeah. publishers uh but like uh, to give the example of like anex so i took like one of the small coaching session with our coaches it was a part of the onboarding process yeah that guy was like basically he t- showed me one tip which i would have never What's ever What's the game? Tell us Dota 2. Dota. So basically okay. one of the This is like me- League of Legends isn't it or It's a MOBA, a MOBA game. Yeah. Yes. It's similar to League of Legends. Yeah. So yes. like a, a fantasy final fantasy or role uh, role playing type. It's not role playing, playing. so basically yeah. it has like a lot of characters it's 5 on 5. Okay okay. Yeah. It's like uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically like there's a thing mechanism called stacking, ancient stacking like these are like neutral which you can get for gold. So this guy was like basically I would have never imagined he showed me a tip which could take you like just 30 seconds to do right. and I would have never ever understood that or get to that point ever in my life like yeah. seriously it was like it completely blew my mind like oh this is even possible <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. and That's you awesome. ne- and you never see those things in like any stream or anything because most of them are focused around entertainment yeah actually lo- 
these pro players would always know these things but yeah. overall like because they have to be entertaining in their streams yeah. they don't cover the learning aspect they yeah. just try to be as funny as hilarious make plays yeah. which are like really flashy and people would enjoy right rather but than, the coaching is also very specific to you though isn't it because you're i mean this is exactly. a one-on-one coaching rather yeah. than a lesson yeah, yeah. so this was a you're saying look, I'm, i'm here i'm stuck exactly. i can't get past this yeah. point for whatever reason that person say look you, you're missing this and that's yeah. kind of what's exactly. happening so yes. yeah exactly. so before the lesson like the coach and the student they would uh, like you know set the expectations right on both yeah. sides like you know the student would say they i'm at this stage these are the things i want to learn this is the place that i want to go like you know after the lesson and the coach probably like goes through a gameplay gameplay uh, actual replay of the game of a game played by the student and then he can like pinpoint the places okay these are the places you screwed up this is what you should have done this is what you shouldn't have done all those things great yeah. so let's do a thought experiment um sure. i'm a an esports um enthusiast i'm starting mm-hmm. from zero because as i've already demonstrated i didn't really know what i know dota uh, dota 2 and i've heard about yeah. it but you know my my categorization's a bit off base so you can you can mock me if you like right <laughs> but so you know if i was to play any game with you right now you would sure. kick my ass right so i'm not coming in with anything maybe you know tetris i could probably give you a good run for your money but that was about it <laughs> competitively terrible so let's say i want to come in mm. and you know i'm 15 years old so i've got time on my side yep. and i want to get to the 25 million prize pool i want to mm. be one of those 11 million winners the 11 million dollar winners right um you can't obviously guarantee that for me but you can get me up that ladder that yep. learning curve yes. i can go in i can take lessons which will get me up sure. to step one i can do the coaching to take it to next level yeah. yes level yeah. two then i can maybe probably even compete with you guys right how do you then take me to the next level because i'm not going to coach maybe for five years until i get a lot of experience right what what yeah. do you do to get me up here because i need to get to the southeast asia games man sure. and i need to win money so Definitely. how can you help me now probably six months is a bit of a short right, time okay. to actually like make it into the sea games all right let's But, do the next yeah, one yeah sure <laughs> but like if you're starting from zero like you know my advice is to like you know go for the video lessons that we yep. are like curating because the coaching is not really meant for like you know total beginners it's like you know we are assuming that you have some idea of the game and that like you know where you are stuck you know what you want to achieve like after the coaching session right yeah so like the video lessons uh, is is just like you know it it just makes it easier for you to take the jump into the coaching so once you're done with the video lessons you know the basics of the game you have played the game for like like you know a certain number of hours and then you like you know stagnate you're not improving yeah. anymore so that's when you like you know take a coaching session the coach can then identify the individual mistakes that you're making the bad habits you might have like you know you might have been like subconsciously developing over time and then he can suggest okay these are the things that you can improve mm-hmm. and as with any like you know skills like you know it, it it's not a one off thing uh th- that's something we suggest to all our students who are taking coaching session you need to like you know take it over a period of time like imagine like uh, every week it's, yeah. it's the same yeah. way how you take Learning probably like yeah. exactly yeah, language exactly. or like you know you're taking piano lessons yeah. so it can't be like you know over like you know just one uh, a one of one one lesson thing so it has to be over a few lessons that's when you actually see like significant improvement mm. yeah so let's think about the journey here yeah. and um allow me to step outside esports a little bit sure. you know i am uh, passionate about ironman triathlon right. which like any endeavor not many people understand mm-hmm. um and you spend crazy amounts of money on it and time as yeah. well okay. so but it has a similar format there's a lot of learning there's a lot of, there's coaching involved as well like with yeah. any sort of sports physical sports yeah the, you sort of have those two stages like the the video lessons you have all that and then you, you know the books you can buy those yes. and then the coaching you can actually have coaches who are ex athletes yeah. yeah. who are now sort of going back in you know adding back to the the ecosystem and so on and then the sort of the next stage after that is like the immersion where it's like okay video lessons are spent 10 20 dollars max on mm. on books and so on coaching i spent hundreds of dollars on up to maybe a thousand right the next stage is like when people are willing to spend thousands and that is for example like i go to a training camp mm-hmm. you know i go and there's like 12 of us and we're with ninja or whoever right. the equivalent is right yeah. like some of the people like from your ecosystem who 
are the top name athletes or maybe a couple of years after they've peaked, right? Yep, but yes. have real gravitas and mm. people want to be with them and hear their stories and learn from them. Yeah. And people are willing to spend thousands here at this sort of stage. Yeah. You know, where are we, and that, that's where the athletes come from, the pros, because they'll mm -hmm. come through that system. Yeah. They could be young kids or they could be like, you know, people sort of 20, 30s and so on. What do we have there? Is that sort of work in progress? Because I yes. think that's so, really where the real, yeah. you know, profit exactly. maximizer is. So basically like overall uh, in, any sport for us also we have identified two primary buckets so mm -hmm. of users so first is basically the casual gamers which we are targeting right now yeah. whose aim primary aim is to like beat their friends right now right. that's yeah. what they are going for that's what the primary objective is the second bucket which is smaller bucket which is what you're referring to which is like actually bigger paying power and everything these are the players who actually want to be pros and have the capacity to be mm -hmm. so these are for them we actually are right now in the process of creating for a boot camp anyways we are working yeah. with razor for that c games right. so we are there working on creating a boot yeah. camp program so that's basically where these guys where how we envision basically imagine like a week-long boot camp where yeah. you come in specifically how you said like similar to that basically get a couple of pro coaches and have a complete infrastructure there for these guys to like just ramp up their skills fast yeah, yeah. and at the end of it basically we run this program working with some pro team and things like that and at the end of it these guys have a shot of being recruited by these pro teams yeah. at least being in that junior team or team B or something like that, but yeah. have a chance of that because that's the key thing. Like there should be something at the end of the road. You're just, you're improving, yes, but at the same time, you need to have a, some outlet where you're actually seeing things work. Yeah, it's career progression, right? Career progression, yeah. exactly. So that's something that we are actually working on actively. Right. We are like talking to a lot of esports coaches who are uh, working with teams. We are talking to a lot of people who are like actually traditional sports coaches yeah. trying to create a proper structured boot camp, like how it works for in traditional sports and things like that. We are not there yet, yeah. but we will be there soon. Mm. Great. I like to hear how that goes as well. But well, that's sure. exciting. And I think as well, these two buckets you talk about complement each other a lot yes. because that boot camp will produce coaches. Yes. You know, they yeah. didn't get into the team or, you know, they have now sort of put their, yeah. you know, their feet up, so to speak, or, you know, thrown in their, their, their they've stopped the, the pro circuit and they will go back into that, but they probably would have come through that boot camp yeah. as well. You, you're kind of also training that you're, you're building a talent system right? talent system you know, exactly. exactly and it's a 360 degree ecosystem so yeah. basically like uh, even through our tournaments leagues and tournaments that we are having so basically at the end people who are winning they're uh, basically they are demonstrating that they are at a certain level and they can actually teach people as well so they can actually start monetizing their skills on that front as well yeah. and they keep on like basically how they, when they keep on winning they actually like so in esports like any sport basically like uh, winning a tournament winning an event is considered a good enough deal to you have a sort of your esports athletes resume so yeah. as to speak that yeah. i won xyz tournament that's how you basically say that i'm actually have a past of winning tournaments right so this actually like boosts them up to get to the next level next tournament next tournament and keep going in that progression and at the same time prove to the people like yes i've won these things i have the capacity of teaching you as well and be a, become a coach as the same oh, it's all verifiable it's yes. all there it's yeah. all okay. there exactly. okay i didn't just beat my mate and i was really good at it <laughs> yes. it's like yeah. there you won a tournament yeah. okay talking of teams then um let's have a look at the pitch deck because you, you let's know a little bit about you as well and the team sure. that you have with you i'm just going to jump forward to slide 13 where you have the Josudo team jesus has been on the show um on the esports e show already yeah. so um you have tell me a little about your your fourth person there so obviously you two gentlemen anik aman alan we don't know yet who is right. this person so so alan hello well we got introduced to him uh, i think uh, uh december and somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah so he uh, like we wanted to get some advice and insights and then we came to learn that like he was part of the c part of c group which is the parent group of garena it's like you know uh, the biggest probably the gaming company in southeast asia so he knows the scene very well right yeah and then he uh, really liked our business and we kind of like you know it, it was a 
instant clicked we we clicked uh, with each other like pretty well so we asked him like you know if he wants to come on board as an advisor and then yeah he was like you know he was on board and he has been very helpful so far so yeah. one of the things basically our team is very complementary in skill set like yeah. all of us come from different backgrounds all of us have different fortes but yeah. overall none one key thing that was missing the only thing that was sort of missing was someone from the industry yeah and yeah. that was basically an esports especially in the publisher side and the game and like actually like let's call it like the business side is a very close knit community yeah, it's small as well it's, but it's, it's yeah, new yeah. by it's numbers, new and it's it? very yeah. close knit basically either you're in or you're yeah. out yeah, and yeah, we yeah. didn't have that in and be allen basically being from that industry and like having been there he has like all the connections in all the right places okay. yeah. it's good good and yeah. um, so there're three of you, three of you co-founders mm-hmm. um did you all meet on the antler program yes. what's the story there because yeah. uh, uh, we know antler very well and we've yeah. been there and um yeah. you know you you chaps um were i think i'm not sure you were there last time i went and, but you graduated already but yeah, that we you did. were in the yeah the first were, cohort of antler right okay just yeah. so i understand but when we yeah. turned up the other time there was i think you had your standees there still so right oh, yeah. you okay. saw okay. that's okay. what yes. i'm trying to yeah. remember the now three so you still have a presence yes. Yes. you have a, a presence that mm-hmm. still is at antler tell us a little bit about yeah. how you met and how that all sort of came about sure so antler is a startup generator uh, it's based in singapore and now have they they have opened up a lot of locations all across the world oh, yeah, they're going crazy. yeah yeah so yeah. we were part of its first cohort uh, that started like last summer yeah So they have this format that uh, the first two months they bring in they brought in 65 of us 65, and yes. then they just put us in a room and they were like ideate Right. Uh, yeah, you pair up and ideate. So we ourselves, the three co-founders, we are working on very different projects. I was working on something related to virtual reality and robotics. Aman was working on uh, like edutech. Uh, Jesus was working on sustainability. So very different things. But uh, I think like uh, so at the end of uh, that was during August when the international Dota 2 tournament was going on. So oh. after every day, Aman and I would just sit around and. Watch the live streams. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then at the sun, sign was there. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we already like know that. Yeah. Like, like, basically, we used to nerd nerd out a lot about that. Right, basically, right. these guys won. These exactly. guys lost. So you were actually yeah. watching the tournaments. Yeah. Yes. Right? Okay. Live, yeah. Yeah. Like actually, yeah. when it yeah. was yeah. happening and things like that. So yeah. we were actually like Rather following it. Exactly. Next level. Yeah. Yes. So um and at at one point also during the program we realized our ideas can't really like go like to that length. Yeah. So. we kind of like you know we were discussing why not do something related to esports because right. like we are already like you know uh, g- we know the space we are like passionate gamers why not try something so and then like you know Jesus he he's also like you know very much into gaming probably not uh, much on the esports more on to like uh, the uh, for um, the role yeah, playing uh, games, role playing games. Yes. yeah yeah so yeah so, so we yeah. got him on board as well and then, then basically we, yeah. we looked at the entire let's call it like the industry where yeah. actually like there's the missing links from yeah. us as a consumer standpoint yeah. like basically yeah. we looked at like what we would have liked to be there which was sort of the missing thing we looked at multiple things so yeah so basically the biggest thing that stood out was the compared to traditional sports the entire support mechanism mm. like there's no clear path to actually get better and get to the international level let's call it that mm. so that was the thing that stood out like at most clearly to us and that's where we thought basically yes this is a place we can actually be and fit ourselves into creating yeah it's good timing yeah. i think you've got that perfect storm haven't you that yes. esports is growing we're exactly. here in southeast asia yeah. yeah and the money is moving into that market as well that sort of professionalization of a cottage industry is a key thing yeah. because even if you go back to the early days of coding for example mm-hmm. now coding is a career for okay, a lot of yes. people and people can make a lot of money out of it and do a lot with it but you know when people started coding it was mm-hmm. not a career at all it's few and far between if you wanted to learn to write code for example you didn't have many options but you know all that sort of fell into the place and that becomes sort of institutionalized as well so we've mm-hmm. seen sort of shifts like in the the computer industry home computer industry yeah. professionalized and look where it is now right mm-hmm. parallels here with esports as well what started out as a fringe yeah now has become accepted as mainstream 
Um, you talked, for example, about acceptance at government level as well. And we're exactly. seeing, especially here in Asia, governments getting behind. Yep. yep. You know, China, obviously, I'm sure Singapore is following. Malaysia, you know. they they allocated, I think, 10 million ringgit for developing uh, e the esports scene in Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah, they in are already budget, building an yeah. esports arena, which I think is like almost complete. Yeah. And Thai government actually gives out a lot of grants for uh, esports companies who are actually creating and helping the community get together and help yeah. them. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know why, though. I mean, they're, they're going to win medals, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, Southeast Asia is not strong, apart from badminton, in any <laughs> traditional sport, really. I mean, with all yeah. due respect, I mean, mm. compared to, let's say, Australia, which has a mm. fraction of the population, mm. that's, the that's the challenge, right? But if they can yes. win gold medals, exactly. you know, like you think about the effect of somebody bringing home a gold medal yeah. and they've invested all that money in that sort of system, they can say, yep. Like they do in the Olympics now, yes, yes. they concentrate very specifically on certain sports, don't they? And they invest a lot in just that sport and everything exactly. else gets dropped. Yeah. If they can kind of replicate that here and invest in esports, they produce winners. I mean, imagine what that's going to do for the future. If you're the guy that brings home a gold medal, exactly. you're a and, hero, right? Uh, and if you look at it, like Southeast Asia actually is leading the trend in this thing. So mm -hmm. Asian games... Uh, they that last year it was like basically the exhibition event for that esports yeah. was the exhibition event this year yeah. sea games it is actually Official a medal game medal event. yeah it's it'll be the first, main event soon yeah. right it's the yeah. first anywhere in the world so yeah. yes and then there are talks about like putting it in the Olympics as well yeah so yeah. like a lot know, of debate yeah. going around exactly that, but yeah. even the fact that that is now a discussion is something exactly. I mean yes. 10 years ago they were just laughed come on yeah, yeah. But, but now it's like it, it's possible exactly Okay, so we'll just we'll leave it there. The big question mark, but I think it's great where the direction of the, the industry is going and where you guys are as well. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey, where you are, because bear in mind we're we're in March, so mm -hmm. things change. So people may be watching this six months down the road. Is right. you know, are you you raising funds at the moment? What, what's public? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, we are like uh, raising our seed round right now. Yeah, it's uh, $1 million uh, USD, uh, mm. what we are asking. And it, it's, we like uh, the main, um, like uh, what we want to do uh, with this money, it's to like develop a pro proper platform where like you can do this coaching session, you can have the best coaching session experience that you can have, like, you know, uh, better than any anywhere else. Mm. So uh, right now, like, you know, the coaching session is taking place like through like, you know, a few different like, you know, platforms like imagine uh, Discord or Skype. So we want to bring the whole thing onto the thing, onto, onto, onto the Josudo platform. Basically yeah. make the entire user journey as seamless as possible right. yeah. where they actually enjoy spending time on Josudo, like not just learning in basically not just actually taking a coaching lesson they are actually doing more activities yeah. watching videos doing like in-game tasks which earns them more and more stuff mm. participating in competitions so basically creating a entire sticky platform where they're like doing activities which are leading to more activities okay yeah. yes and so that's basically let's call it 33 percent of our somewhere around 30 yeah. percent of our funding amount yeah uh, right. rest yeah. is we are actually a b2c company so we need to market a lot to actually yeah. scale faster yeah mm. somewhere around one third is for marketing dollars yeah. and the rest is for yeah. tournaments, tournaments and operations yeah. operations yeah. okay and like you know how southeast asia is in general you can't really paint it with just one mm. paintbrush like you know we have to kind of custom make the solution for that is uh, suitable for each and every one of the countries mm. uh, like uh, example like you know I put about the pricing which is suitable for probably consumers from Singapore and Malaysia but for like you know Philippines we need a yeah. like, you know proper localized. Uh, pricing yeah. localized exactly localized pricing for pricing localized solution localized language payment uh, gateways uh, for like you know each of the countries yeah yeah Good. Well, here we are at the uh, early stages of the Josudo story. Mm -hmm. Where will you chaps be? And physically, as well as where would you be in the journey of Josudo by the time that the Southeast Asia Games goes live, which is what, six months now? Yeah. Uh, so I think end of the year. End of the year. November. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's nine months or eight mm -hmm. months away. Mm -hmm. Um, where are you, are you going to be there yourselves physically or are you going to watch it live stream? And then also, where will Josilo be at that point in your journey? Mm, if sure. things go right, we will be like the coaching partners in the in Sea Games, Games, especially right. for at least for Dota 2. So yeah. the one of the medal events. So yeah. yes, so definitely we will like to be there even if we are not, let's call it like, even if we are not 
somehow being there as a coaching partners yeah. we will be there because that's our target market yeah. these are the people who are actually participating playing and wanting yeah. to get better so this is our the right target for us and yeah definitely we would be there excellent yeah. i like to hear it yeah. and uh i mean every single person there is a potential lead right a potential exactly. customer you know exactly. whether they're a coach or somebody taking lessons and so on mm-hmm. and in terms of the journey from here on inwards um you know do you do you rely on those sort of big events to i mean they're, they're going to make a huge impact i'm talking about generally in esports as yeah. well you know to for ver- verification what's the word of vindication for esports or you in the esports industry feel like you've now made it mainstream do you need the olympics to you know hold your head up and say i'm an esports athlete or where are we now with all of that because a lot of the people who may be watching this uh, may be first time introduced to your world sure. right so they don't sure. know how you think about it and how you think about the developments of mm-hmm. southeast asia games and olympics and so on mm-hmm. does, does that sort of needed to get the big sort of like coca-colas and mercedes sponsors into you know, they're, already they're already doing it they're already doing it yes so these sponsors are already there let's call it like basically getting mainstream why these events are important is yeah. primarily because to get it to each and every house yeah. so these events are being like watched globally everywhere so like for example sea games will do it for southeast asia but somewhere someone who's sitting in south america won't be watching a sea game mm-hmm. but they will be watching an olympic so yeah. if yeah. you are sitting at home then you'll realize oh wow these are actually players these are not just gamers who are sitting in their basement and just playing computer yeah. games they are actually actually athletes who are putting in a lot of effort a lot of time and a lot of energy into actually achieving things which is very similar to a professional Absolutely. sport yeah. without that you can't exactly. you can't sort of look yeah. at it in as a as a, a secondary version of mm-hmm. sports exactly, yes. you know, it so, might not be physical in the same way but it's as stressful and it's stressful mental, yeah. and actually yeah. like yeah. even physical actually like uh, the entire all the top tier teams have actually a big physical element to it they yeah. make sure they all their athletes are actually spending a decent amount of time physically training right so that their bodies are up to the task well there's no difference from say formula 1 right exactly. i mean you, you were just you're, doing this right yeah. for like yes. an hour but literally you know mm-hmm. the stress on the body stress is on huge. the body exactly. is crazy well i think this has been a fascinating <laughs> conversation gentlemen and i you know the journey of josudo we're seeing it here mm-hmm. um the beginnings and also you in the context of esports as well is going to be really interesting because this year will be a watershed year for esports you know 2020 is going to be very different Yes. you know we're going mainstream southeast asia games is going to have a big impact people are going to be, bring home gold medals yeah. and then governments are going to start pouring money into this mm-hmm. and all of that will just trickle down from the top but there's a lot of a grassroots coming up the other yeah, way yes. as well yeah. so you know when people look back on esports you'll say yeah I was there you know before 2020 <laughs> i was doing all that <laughs> yeah. when it was still <laughs> you know, was cool. before day. it was yeah. cool <laughs> yeah before yeah. it was yeah exactly yeah. when it was cool yeah. um Thank you so much for coming into the the studio as well and sharing your journey with us today. You're going to be there at the event on the 20th. Sure. Right? Sure. So yeah, yes, looking forward to um you know introducing you to some of our angel investors as mm. well. Um I'm sure they're going to be fascinated by what you're doing, especially yeah. you know from the ed tech angle of really what you yeah. know the learning side of what this is about as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh that is Josedo everybody Anik and Aman um thank you for sharing your journey wishing you all the best and hope it goes really well for you. Yeah thank, thank you. you for having us here. It was yeah. always a pleasure. Yeah yes. see you at Southeast Asia Games. <laughs> see you there. Yeah, see yeah. you there. <laughs> You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.